We're just jumping up there. Alice, what's up? You're here. Hello. Finally. Yes. Like we I'm made it happen. Here. Um, not a whole lot. Just work. Doing what I can to do my thing, you know? That's how, how, when was it that we actually talked about doing this? This was um, like months ago. Yeah, this was a while ago of during our first photo shoot together, actually. Yeah, there was quite a bit, quite a bit, quite a bit of time. It was still freezing like shit outside. Yeah, at that so point it must have been around December. Go ahead and pull that in just a little bit more centered oh. on you. Okay, cool. Um, so I can't remember right off the top of our head because we, we had like kind of like a trigger topic that kicked off right off the bat, mm -hmm. and you were like, "Oh, I would love to talk about something like that." Yeah, and so I don't, I don't think it was sex work at the time. I think it was something like completely unrelated we were talking about like a lot of different social issues yeah there was all sorts other, of stuff in there and uh, your photo shoots like surrounding social issues yeah i i do get i get a little deep i appreciate I, I get a little it deep. um i mean your session wasn't that deep but it was still a really good time so and there, you might still find confetti around I, <laughs> from I've, the I've, shoot i've i did i vacuumed like 10 times down here since oh, that point it. and out, like I'll still find, especially in the storage room. Like just there's still it's oh it's just everywhere. Everywhere. Oh man. I was finding I was finding like shards of like the rubber from the balloons after That's I popped I them all. Say, like, that yeah. was a big portion of it. That was yeah. It was a mess. Uh, um, it was still a great time though. I like I couldn't put any of the shots up on here because I knew it would like nudity, any yeah. well yeah anytime it was on screen it was going to be just a big old problem. But um, I mean you dropped a bomb as you were just before we got started that you're mm -hmm. actually you're calling it quits yeah so i i've been doing sex work since i was 18. so it's been a four-year run for me and there's just a lot of different issues that i've experienced being in the industry that i probably shouldn't have been exposed to at such a young age um so i do like seriously Whenever I have like a young girl that's like, hey, I want to do this, like, uh, it's really hard trying to find the ability to guide them in the right direction because mm -hmm. they're going to make a decision regardless of what you say to them. Right. You can be like, no, don't do it. But at the end of the day, if you can guide them into like a safer way of going about it, I think that that's like... The is there a particularly unsafe direction? Like, is it is there the unsafe approach kind of the popular one at this uh, point in time? And how would you kind of like define that approach? You know, it's it's really tricky because for I would say like an unsafe approach is being like just really personable and like giving out your real name and oh, we, your location, sure. like obvious stuff that you just shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Um but I also know some women that, you know, wear face masks and don't show their face or do like lewd content instead of full nude or pornographic content. Um, I see a lot of celebrities getting popular for that stuff. Like whenever there's an article about celebrities doing it, they're always talking about how it's like them teasing relentlessly. Yeah, that's another can of worms. Right. Um, I just think like sex work in general has become such an oversaturated market. Um, of women, you know, doing kind of like the indie scene of the like the sex worker world. Yeah, like that was the big part of the internet takeover when porn. Like, I mean, porn was always kind of like at the forefront of any technology that would help their content mm -hmm. flourish. But like the indie world, especially, I think Patreon was like the first platform that you could do this on. Because I remember when that blew up on YouTube. Right. And it got super big, but it was not focused on sex work at all. No. And it was the pretty much the exact same platform that I think OnlyFans was intending to make. 
mm-hmm. when they came out where it was specifically just a subscription-based service. This is after like the YouTube adpocalypse and all that stuff, trying to monetize right. like the more hardcore fans and like service them. And I'm not sure where the where the turnaround was to where it turned into like a sex worker industry. But uh, you know, right around the time that you got started with it, though, because it's that was when it like really boomed. Was like during the pandemic. Um, so well, I would, you would have been involved before that too. Yeah, for a little bit. Um, but eh, yeah, no, that was it was right before the pandemic, um, like first hit that mm-hmm. I started getting into the industry. But I feel like it became a lot less taboo because a lot of other services were doing it too like patreon was like Mm. more people started using patreon as like a sex work site or even a post like kind of like deviant art sort of deviant art was always popular for that kind of stuff but it wasn't i don't think it was quite as personal no like it was always i mean deviant art was always an open forum right so you could go on deviant art and search what you were looking for whereas you had to pay I think the, like, yeah. I think the part where it really started blowing up was when Tumblr took away adult content. That would make a lot of sense, honestly. Like, because like the timeline, like I don't know if the timeline exactly lines up. Somebody in the comments can probably uh, jump on this if they actually uh, want to do the do the research for me. Yeah. But I remember a really big influx of. Uh, so Reddit was probably the forum that I was always on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was. I've been on it forever. And I remember them freaking out when Tumblr went down and like a huge amount of adult star content, uh, uh, like a lot of adult content stars started posting on Reddit and that was showing up on all or on the all front page just left and right. And eventually like I like I got to a point where I didn't even look at all anymore because it was just tits and stuff like that. Right. It like, and it will oversaturate after a while, even as a guy who like most of the time the stereotype is you can't get enough. You very much can. For sure. Um and then Reddit enacted the same thing to where they wouldn't push that content. And so it kind of got buried under. And that I feel like that opened up like a great portal for those secondary platforms to like really get big. And then I think one of the things that we mentioned when we were talking about it was uh, all those months ago was when Bella Thorne jumped on there. Yeah. And the upset that that caused a lot of sex workers. Yeah. I think rightfully so in a way um, because – Personally, like speaking, I feel like celebrities already get enough recognition for the things that they do, whereas sex workers are fighting tooth and nail to make a living for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of work, a lot of promotion that these celebrities already have under their belt. Um, Do you feel like she got into it more for like to kind of of fall into what a lot of like the the major talking points are around the platform to where it's like Um, pushing for self-expression and self-empowerment? Or because she was just trying to do a money grab? Um, If I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, um, I think she was trying to do like a role for a movie where she was like going into character to be a sex worker. I don't know if that's just how I remember it is like she was attempting to like get into character by doing that, which is I just don't know why you would need to impersonate. You get paid millions of dollars to method act exactly. in your training. I can see why that would upset a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you had talked specifically about how like 
OnlyFans reacted to her jumping onto the platform and that taking away a lot of money from people. That yeah. was the that was like the big talking point that all three of you kind of. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, again, like a huge upset for a lot of sex workers and. On the flip side, for a lot of customers, like a huge, it was just a really big talking point, you mm -hmm. know, like everybody was talking about it um, because it was kind of a big deal for everyone, um, customers and the sex workers. Do you remember like some of the key changes that came in based on that effect? <sighs> I remember during that time, I think OnlyFans was changing some of their terms and services um and a lot of us didn't agree with a lot of the changes and a lot of girls were getting bumped down in percentages because of a lot of the celebrities going on and um using OnlyFans as a platform to make more money um so i remember something about her wanting to discuss with like the OnlyFans um representatives or the higher ups and she made a whole post about that. It was so long ago. Like, well, she would, and having it in with them right away would have been pretty upsetting too. It was like, yeah, and everybody else got affected, and she was the one talking to reps. That sounds just hearing that. I'm kind of like, eh. yeah, no, that was the issue for a lot of people. Everybody was like, I'm having problems with my content being stolen, and this lady just gets to talk to them one on one, and we have to wait three to four days to hear back. Now, I imagine that that was long enough ago to where it didn't really have much of an impact on why you're wanting to leave today, though. No, no, because it was it was really short lived, like her profession mm -hmm. on OnlyFans. It caused so much upset. I don't remember if she remained on OnlyFans or if she was just kind of like, ah. but it died I don't know if the no I imagine that the novelty wore off because it was kind of like was. what Lyric was telling me when I brought her in. Is that like when you first jumped on there, she was like she got a lot of attention and then it kind of it slowly tapers off. And yeah, that's exactly I'm, what happened. I imagine like with a celebrity's attention span to something like that would probably be like as soon as the return on investment is like dips below like 80 percent. There's probably just out the door at that point. Yeah. No. Um... Was your exit more your planned exit, I guess, because you're you're not quite there. It sounds like you were kind of like on the cusp of it mm -hmm. or making the exit. Was it always kind of a gradual thing or is this something that you've kind of come to sort of recently? Um, It was something that I've been thinking about, I want to say, for like the past year since I've seen a decline in the amount of income I make. Mm -hmm. But also, it's a lot of work that I just don't have time for in my life anymore. And... um. You know, I, I always appreciated the customers that I had and the people that stuck around as long as they did. Um, I started off on Periscope, which is like a live okay. streaming app. Old school. Really old school. So that's where I started making my money. And after Periscope got banned or deleted, um, I didn't really have a platform to promote myself anymore. So it mm -hmm. became a lot harder. And now I'm at a point where I'm like... It's just not really worth it to me anymore. And I have videos of myself when I was really young. So it just feels really strange to me to like keep that up. Did it start off as kind of a promotion, uh, as like a secondary promotion level for the dancing that you do? Or was it kind of like just no. sort of an even level or um, maybe even the main goal? So I never had intentions of becoming a dancer when I first started sex work. It was a conversation I had with my partner multiple times like, this is all I'm going to do. I'm not 
going to dance because it's more dangerous because it's like a physical one-on-one contact. Mm-hmm. But um, at the end of the day, after the decline of money that I was making, I just decided, well, might as well try it out. And now I'm dancing on top of doing OnlyFans, but I'm trying to phase out of them both. Do you feel like you kind of forced, like had to force your way into it then, and that might be contributing to why you're wanting to get out, is that it wasn't really something that you initially wanted to do in the first place? Um, I definitely wanted to do it in the first place. Um, okay. So you, you, you weren't, you weren't like trapped and you felt like this is something that you had to do. That was, it was a fully conscious choice. Yes, it was. Um, I, it was something I was really excited about when I found out that it was a thing that I could just make money off of taking photos of myself or videos of myself because I already did that like on my own time. So I was like, well, if I can make money off of it, who cares? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're now coming into the point, you're coming to the point now where you're ready to get out the door. What's kind of been your strategy towards jumping in that? Is it like, cause I imagine because you're continuing dancing mm-hmm. for at least a, a, an additional period of time for yes. that you're not probably not sure about yet. Yeah. Um, the whole dancing thing for me, I'm, I'm still not really sure what I'm going to do to move mm-hmm. forward from that because it's really hard to find a job that, um, fits my needs while also paying me more than enough to support myself. Sure. Um, so what are you kind of looking for as far as work? Like what's um, the, what's the alternative that you're trying to get into? Like I was thinking about becoming like a server or a bartender just to start off and then Mm. maybe find another job that pays me better. Um, I have animals. So I think a big part of it for me is like, I don't want to be away from my animals for too long because I don't want to just leave them at home unattended for long periods of time. So I don't want to jump into like unfriendly question territory, but do you feel, do you feel like the time that you spent in the industry kind of robbed you from pursuing something that was a little bit more mainstream or like mainstream acceptable? I think of this a lot. I think that honestly, the industry kind of not only robbed me of that, but robbed me a lot of personal growth that I could have made. Um, if I didn't do something like that, uh, like I feel like I would be in a different part of my life and understanding different things about being an adult than I do now. And not saying that it does this for everybody, but I feel like it's sort of stunted me in a sense of like understanding how the world works financially for people, because I have this expectation that I can make money at like the drop of a pen or like the snap of my finger you know like I can turn on my phone and make money and um that's kind of made it hard because it's made me realize how hard a lot of people work every day to make an income make a living off of the things that they do yeah and especially considering like people were the people that were patronizing your services were probably working in those industries and kind of and like having to be on the other side of that right? in order order to actually support you in doing what you're doing. Which is really interesting because I would have some customers that would give me a lot of money and I'm like, how are you? How are you doing? Why are you doing this? When I hear about some of the the money that you and other dancers have gotten, like I I wonder myself how dudes, well, first of all, I wonder how dudes are willing to pay that kind of money, which is not not a slight to any of the dancers or anything like that. But like, you know what you can't get. 
by giving them however much money you want to give them. Right. Like you are, there is a boundary line that you cannot cross in those clubs. There's a boundary line that these women will not cross mm-hmm. and no amount of money that you throw at them is going to change that. But I feel like that mentality probably exists with some of them. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I also don't understand how they are able to get away with throwing away that kind of money without it affecting like the rest of their lives, which I'm sure it does for some oh, people. I think yeah. it's I think it's just as addictive as like a gambling addiction. One hundred percent. Or some like I have I had a big problem with video game microtransactions for a while. Like loot crates got me hard. Hi, this is editor Seth, uh, with just a little bit of an asterisk here. Um, yeah. Hard in like I couldn't get away from them because I kept on like buying them, not in like an erection way. I just wanted to clear that up. Thanks, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to stay away from games where that's something that's actually available. I mean, it's. it's I think I think it's the same tendency. It is, and it's a known fact to a lot of dancers. We have seen customers um, and sex workers. We've seen customers that you know have spent their life savings their retirements in the club, online. And it's really interesting to see. I don't really know the reason behind it. I think that the reason is just human connection. Um, Some people just really struggle with human connection. And so the only way that they can get that human connection, maybe because of flaw in their personality. um, Or perceived flaw in their personality might not even be the case. Right. Or even like, you know, there's some people whose um, partners have died or uh, other really deep, sad things that have happened to them. Or maybe they just have a hard time talking to women and they feel like it's easier to pay somebody to talk to them. Sure. I can. Yeah, I can. I can get on board with that. But uh, like, was there ever a time where you were offered a certain amount of money that you had to turn down just out of like thinking about like what the consequences for them was going to be. Oh my God. Okay. So kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. When I was 18 for starting my OnlyFans, I had this guy that would pay me, uh, should I say like the amount? Like he would pay me like You're sometimes not gonna, like- not going to name him, I guess. But. No, like $4,000 a month sometimes, if not more. Whew. He, Whew. but- and for a while, it was like, I make, okay. I don't make 4000 a month. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean, geez. though. Like, But for a while, I was like, okay, this is cool. He's really nice. He's giving me money. And I was young and naive, and I didn't really realize what he was doing at the time. But it was... He was giving the house away. He was like... I think he, he made a lot of money, so it wasn't an issue for him to give money. I don't know his personal life. But he stalked my life. And like felt like he owned me. Yeah. That, that, and felt that, like he he owned my time, and he owned like it was really strange. Like I still am afraid that he's like looking at my accounts and stuff, and like trying to find out information about me. Like it got shit. really scary. That's that's a tough dynamic to tango with. Yeah. Because in a lot of situations, that is the transaction. Yeah. Like you are giving them money, like they are giving you money for specifically for your time. Right. And after they, and especially at $4,000, like you're going to start thinking that you've got some entitlements. So it's going to be hard to fight when that has been the method of communication for mm-hmm. probably the entire time that you've actually interacted with that person. Yeah. Is that. It was just dangerous. Yeah. It was really dangerous because of his entitlement towards. Me. I mean, as soon as he started stalking you, I mean, I'm like, yeah, immediately. Yeah. That's just a 
And if he's got like that kind of money just to just to give to you, it makes me worry about the kind of money that he could spend to manipulate your life in other ways. Yes. And that was what I was really afraid of um, was because he would he was asking my friends like for my phone number or like asking for like where I lived and stuff like that. It's just it got really scary really fast. And I actually had considered like completely quitting OnlyFans right then and there after I had told him like, hey, this is getting to be too much. You're making me nervous. I need you to just unsubscribe to me and we could part ways. And he was like, okay, I'll do that. But then was making other accounts, like other social media accounts, other OnlyFans accounts. And I try to go to OnlyFans for it and they don't do anything. I think that there's- Did you know who he was personally? Like, was this a local person? He wasn't local. Okay. Um, So legally it would have been tough to- yeah. Like even legally it would have been t- like cuz if you don't know who he is like you can't file a restraining order well, against this person either like that. Well, I know his name. I know his legal name. I know I know a lot about him because okay. he would talk a lot he about would himself. Divulge it, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you consider like legal uh, I did for a while, but at Did you the ever same start time, to pursue any of that? No, because <laughs> I was a little young and naive and I was kind of like, eh, he's too dumb to figure it out, you know, or eh, he won't, he won't. It's like, that's kind of how they all are until they aren't, right? Right. Yeah. But I remember like during that period of my life, I was telling all my friends, like, if I go missing, if, if oh, shit, I'm. Your contingencies. Yeah. I was like, if something happens to me, it's this guy. See, like, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we're having this talk because like this is some of the stuff that I don't think enough OnlyFans models probably talk about or enough sex workers actually discuss. But like some of this is like, like you consider this inherent to the position that you're getting into. Like, like, I mean, people on the outside of it, like I'm certainly not able to think about specifics that people would be getting into, but like a lot of this behavior, I mean, it's, it's surprising to hear, but it's also not surprising to hear. No. Like that, that's the weird thing about it. But like without enough people talking about like I'm not trying to create some sort of like boycott against the sex work. And I'm certainly not. No, I'm, I'm certainly not, not trying to like shame anybody who wants to be involved with it. No, same. But um, I mean, I one of the questions that I asked uh, Lyric, especially when we were talking about the uh, when we were talking about the the influx of celebrities jumping onto the platform and how um. I like the more I think about it, the more I feel like sex work in general is almost like a collective grooming uh, platform. It does and to feel where that way to times. where like they are showcasing celebrities who are maybe not they are doing it, but like their content creators are doing it themselves, showcasing how much money they can make right off the bat without mentioning the caveats that you were just talking about. Like you've got like these 16, 17 year old girls who are like knocking on the door of it as soon as they come available for it. It's just like the porn industry was. Yeah. I really think that that's like just the entire flaw with the sex work industry is the glamorization of how much money you can make. And it's not always realistic. Yeah. It's not always realistic on the work. Yeah. The work, how dangerous it is, how, how much it can affect your mental health. And even your physical health, because like working as a dancer, like I've like done some damage on my body for sure. Oh yeah, I've seen the bruises. Yeah, <laughs> like, I see the bruises. Every fun. anytime a dancer comes in for photos, like, all right, how many bruises are on your legs? How many am I editing out? What's the count? It's oh, like yeah. it's such like it's a common thing. Like, which when is I'm more the, which is the, which is the more lighthearted <laughs> part of it, of course. But right, uh, I mean. I've I've been in the cable industry for a long time. I was climbing telephone poles. If I was telling oh, like man. you can make a good amount of money doing it, mm-hmm. but if I was telling some kid like, "Hey, 
yeah, you can make a lot of money doing this right out of right out of high school. Like as soon as you turn 18, you can make a bunch of ton of money to do this, this, but not telling them that, yeah, when you climb the top of that pole, you're just about a foot away from touching high voltage power and frying yourself to death. Yeah. Like that's kind of, I mean, that's a dramatic example, but that's kind of what it feels like to me. It was like, if you're talking about, which there's, there's a lot of predatory jobs that sell it just on like how much money you can make and not right. talking about all the downsides, but, mm-hmm. uh, are, have you have you turned anybody away from the industry who've come to you kind of like asking about it on these grounds? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Um, I have had a lot of women ask me how to get into dancing. There's some women that have asked me that are like, "Hey, girl, how do I do this?" And I sometimes I don't answer if I just am like, "You don't really have the," because it takes a, a really specific kind of person, right, to right. be able to do the. The job that there's a lot, a lot of, of, there's a lot of mental do. strength that has to be there. And... Yeah. So sometimes I won't answer. And sometimes if somebody is like really asking me questions, a lot of times there's a lot of joke around this in the sex work industry. It's like, hey, girl, how much money do you make? Because it's like it's it's not easy money. It's like you... no money for like four days out of the week and yeah. en- enough money three days out of the week, maybe. Yeah. Well, like... and on top of that, like. Sex work has become so mainstream and the taboo of it is just like lessened and lessened, which is like it has its upsides and downsides for Mm -hmm. a lot of different reasons. I think like the upsides being that like, you know, sex is becoming less taboo. We're having discussion about sex work and um, women's rights and just a lot of general concepts surrounding how women are perceived. And then the downsides being that it's so oversaturated that the original sex workers that got into it years ago or even girls that um, need the money from doing so, they're now seeing a decline in their income. I I can't help but wonder if, uh, if, if we're heading towards sort of a uh, – like, like, again, I don't want to be like shaming anybody who no, wants to yeah. get into sex work. Like – I don't have any personal apprehension, any uh, personal uh, biases against people who who get into. It. Of course not. Yeah. I, like I, I work, I I work in a subset of that industry, just right. doing like adult level photography, which I've even stepped away from for the for the most part as well. Like I mean, I mean, you're you're chasing people down. You're trying to like work with schedules, and it's, it's a nightmare. It's a madhouse, mm-hmm. and then you have to trust that they're not like I'm not getting my content sold on their platforms and. After, yeah. after having them come in and pay virtually nothing for the most part. Right. Um, but like, I, I can't help but feel like th- we're going to come to a point because there's not really a government governing body for this industry. Like, like for any like factory work, any, any job where physical safety is a hazard, you've got OSHA, which maintains all this stuff like mm-hmm. OnlyFans, Patreon, like these sex worker industries, they don't have anything like that to mm-hmm. my knowledge. No, uh, we don't get any benefits or any, um, like safety net right but because there's also like the the taboo societal there's still very much a societal taboo against interacting uh, maybe even partaking in the content uh i think that the the taboo is actually strong on the people who partake in the content versus the people who are actually producing it um to a certain degree Um, at least at least when you're talking about it so like i don't feel like there's going to be some sort of governing body that will, that will like step in and be like, hey, we need to establish some kind of like unionization 
around protecting these people or some, I'm sure that there's some charitable organizations out there or just organizations in general who are willing to kind of get in there and give girls the facts and try and like help create safe platforms. Is that? I think that like what really needs to happen in order to see that is um, we need to stop um, deplatforming sex workers and we need to put more laws in place to assist sex workers and view them and their job as like a real thing that is experienced because I feel like everybody's like that's not a real job um which I think is silly because it takes a lot of different kinds of skill sets Mm -hmm. in order to do sex work um you are bordering on uh some illegal activity with some of the the stuff that's going on though because like I mean obviously when you're watching somebody on OnlyFans, you're not participating in prostitution, but to a certain extent, you are mudding the waters because in that, it in really that depends on what's what's being shown. I mean, OnlyFans just recently started um, making sure that people were being tagged, so that way the creators were um, actually 18, which is really strange How, that they didn't do that to begin with. What do you mean they're being? So there's a new when I when I hear tagged the first thing I think of is like somebody crediting your content, yeah but. exactly um, so if you have another person in your video with you they have to have an account that can be tagged so that way they also are verified okay. to be 18 and that was just recently put in place a few months back I want to say which is really interesting to me because I don't know why they didn't do that before considering like the issues yeah, of like child pornography. Pornhub got into a lot of trouble a couple of years ago around something like that. I think like they're that. still in trouble for a lot of that stuff. I don't stuff. know. I don't know. I I read something about um, them not being able to – like banks were not allowing anybody to make transactions through Pornhub or or Pornhub wasn't allowed. Some, some, something to do with uh, banks not allowing Pornhub to like make money somehow or something like that. Mm. Um, and it was, and the story that I read was specifically because of like revenge porn was getting posted on there, yeah. which was, which was a big issue, which I feel like, especially if OnlyFans wasn't requiring tags, I imagine there were plenty of accounts that were doing stuff like that. Um, which I guess is another aspect of it that that's actually out there. It, like what was, what was OnlyFans, uh, policy on? Like, how did they verify that you were, that you were of age and um, that like you're doing this under your own volition and not being coerced or anything like that? <laughs> That's a really interesting question. It's, I don't think they really had anything in place to like, for like coercion or anything. Oh, that you was a would, tough one for yeah, sure. No, but you, I mean, as far as like verifying your, ID, your age, they would scan your ID and okay. um, verify it within like three days, I think. And you had to have like clear photos. But other than that, I mean, there's not a lot that goes into like verifying yourself as okay. a content creator or even a customer which i think is a huge flaw of OnlyFans. is like if somebody's like a repeated offender of doing really heinous things on their site they'll like you can block them or their account can get banned or deleted and they can just make another one like they don't link like as far as like like external users who are like like fans and stuff like that okay or even content creators that are like not well with content creators it's different because there's a lot of like set rules for content creators like no blood no no blood yeah no blood okay no meetups which is 
completely understandable. Um, so they're trying to avoid violent content, at least. Yeah, they are. Uh, and meetups is a no-brainer. They shouldn't, yeah. Right, like you can't even type the word into the site. Which is really interesting. Which is words. which is interesting because OnlyFans' original intention had been the thing that did get popular. It would have been like YouTubers who are just trying to put together meetups for fans about like major events. Like that's yeah, that's like a regular thing for people in the YouTube communities to put together like in person like events of some kind. Like not being able to do that now, like almost I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's a nail in the coffin, but that's almost like a tacit endorsement that OnlyFans is basically just for adult content at this point. Yeah, and it's really interesting because I remember, was it 2021, October 2021, they had tried to enforce like the complete ban and deplatformization of sex workers on their site. So that way they could get more influx of people that were doing more wholesome not nsfw content i remember seeing ads for um some like fitness uh company having an only fans and trying to use it to like sell their workout plans mm -hmm. and i think that was around the same time because mm -hmm. it was it was in the middle of pandemic and they were trying to set up like home workout things or something it might not have been only fans it might have been another platform but um, especially at the height of the pandemic, people are like having a hard time staying fit at home. So I can see it. I can see that lining up. Yeah. Um, is this all, um, is this all stuff that you've kind of been coming into and looking into like closer detail now that you're wanting to leave? Or was this stuff that was kind of always bothering you about the site? I feel like it, it definitely took me time and experience for me to recognize the different faults of the site and also the different things within myself that I just personally didn't like or agree with when it came to sex work and being a participant in working as a sex worker. And I, I feel like you've kind of answered this question, so to speak, already, but do you feel like a lot of these concerns that you have are going to be like OnlyFans specific and you could probably migrate to a different platform and have it work out better? Or are you just done with the industry in general? I think it's just the industry in general. Um, there's a lot of expectation, which is okay. It is a job. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people will expect certain things of you because it's your job. We, yeah, like there's a sense, I feel like there's a sense of entitlement that comes with it because, like, I mean, it's not the same as somebody hitting you up on the street or an OnlyFans or on like Instagram or Twitter or something like that, trying right. to trying to slide into your DMs and work their way in that way. Like they're paying for a product and expecting like a direct result. Exactly. And yeah, like that, that customer's always right mentality sort of would probably kick in at that point. Like I, I imagine that uh, I, I remember asking Lyric if it was more amplified on OnlyFans, like if they were a lot more blatant about it because the money was there or if it was or if that entitlement existed just in like regular Instagram DMs, regular social interactions. Like, do you feel do you feel like it is a lot more amplified because there's money behind it or is it kind of like the same attitude? Well, you know what's really interesting, something that I think about a lot um that I talk about a lot is like, and maybe this is a little off topic, is like the Madonna horror complex. Okay. Have you heard of that? No. So basically, did it's, you say you can say it again? The Madora, the Madonna, Madonna horror complex. Okay. It's a complex with a lot of men in a like patriarchal society where 
there's a Madonna, which is a woman that a man would want to marry and love. And then there's the whore, which is a woman that a man would want to fuck and has no respect for. Mm -hmm. So being in this industry has definitely amplified the amount of disrespect that I experience on a like daily basis. On on and off the platform? Oh, yeah. Like at work even. I mean. But what, what, what about in like. Like my day-to-day life. Yeah. What about your day-to-day life? Because, I mean, obviously you have people around you who know you do this kind of stuff. Yeah. It, has their interactions with you kind of been affected by it as well? Or is it, or, or is there a boundary line that. It really depends on the person. Um, there's definitely, I have had some people where I've told them what I do for work and like it's been like a complete 180 in the way that they treat me. And there have been people that are like, oh, cool. You know, okay. it's it's like it varies from person to person in that way. But like on the on the platform and at work, it's it's pretty pronounced how mm-hmm. we're treated and how we're viewed by a lot of men. Now, I think I think you kind of answered this already, but was there like a catalyst event that was like finally the last straw for you to to want to bail out? Um, that comes at least something that comes to mind or, or I mean, if it was just this gradual process of a combination of all these things we've talked about, I can understand that. But I think it was just a gradual thing for okay. me that I would, I just have kind of phased out of it. Um, I think recently I've been coming to terms with like my own self growth and development and I just don't feel like it serves me in a way that helps me to be who I really am. I feel like the industry, it really takes a toll on somebody mentally. You have to be fake for so many people for so long. Like it would be kind of hard to feel authentic in your own skin. That as well. But it's also like you get so overly attached with this idea that you are, you're physically, your physical I don't know how to say this. Like your how you look physically is the most important thing about you. And that, that was another question I asked. Yeah. I was like, do you feel like the negative ramifications of feeling like all of your self-worth and all of your monetary value is strictly around your physical yeah. appearance? It's really, really hard. And mm-hmm. um I would be lying if I said that it didn't make me feel like insanely insecure at times. Right. Because it goes against it kind of flies in the face of what a lot of prominent sex workers kind of towed along is that this is a, this is a thing about empowerment like this is this should make you feel super self-confident yeah but like how do you disconnect those feelings right because it's a very physical job it has a lot to do with your physical appearance mm-hmm. but i guess to answer your question i think that a huge reason that i wanted to quit was because i noticed that and i was talking to my therapist about it but i've noticed that like it has just like completely taken a toll on my own perception of myself. And I think that that was a huge reason why I decided personally that like, it's just not for me anymore. And I really hope that nobody else like, I'm sure a lot of women come to this, um, this understanding when they do sex work or at some, or sex work at some point. But I just, hope for most women that it's not like the forefront of their mind like it was for me right you mentioned that you've you've kind of 
phased out of it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's going to be common for a lot of the people that are in the industry to where like they'll hit a point where they just don't want to do it anymore or they'll just go as long as it will take them? Yeah, I mean, it's not like, I mean, I guess you could do it until you're old, but it's not, it's, sex work is very much so um, centered around, like, beauty and youth. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Um, I think that's just how sex work works. Right. And um, it's been like that for a very long time. How do you feel like it ages? Like because That's like when you when you think to. when you think about it, like there are industries out there to where like oh I ain't no spring chicken anymore. Do you feel like that? Like because the porn industry was always focused on eighteen year olds. Like anytime yeah. you see ads, it's always always like eighteen year olds, and then as soon as you're twenty, it's like the milf content that they're throwing yeah. in your face. Do you feel like that carries over in the exact same way? And that four year like you said four years that you've been doing this is kind of like almost like your senior year ready to get out of it at this point (laughs) um yeah in a way i think that there are women that can do it much longer and be really successful and Mm -hmm. i think that's good from good on them good for them um i just have like a different path that i want to go on it's not something i plan on doing forever but i am really really interested to see how it's going to play out like societally because like a lot of people are doing it. Uh, yeah, and, a lot. And it's it's something that I've always made a point to tell people when they're getting into the industry or when they're considering it is like you have to consider that you're going to be online immortalized doing porn or NSFW stuff. So I just am really curious to see like how that's going to look for the future of a lot of these um, online content creators. It's very much a Gen Z uh, yeah. issue. And, and I just that I don't I don't know if enough of them like in inside your age range is like thinking about it from that perspective. It's yeah. like, hey, what is this going to look like 10, 20 years down the road, which is a, which is a kind of like a crappy criticism that's leveled a lot of times for people who are like super anti against the platform. It's mm-hmm. like, what will you what will your kids think? Like what it's like, like, yeah, of course, that's wow. one of the considerations that are going to be there. I'm sure that there are very young girls who are getting into this who aren't thinking about something like that yeah or think that by the time like their kids are old enough for it uh or old enough to understand what's going on there's like the shame in society is gonna be gone around it yeah that's what i'm thinking i'm wondering if it's gonna be a lot more accepted because i feel like everybody knows like now everybody knows one person that does only fans at least or is mm-hmm. like a content creator of sorts like there's so many like this it's so saturated right now so I just don't know what that's going to look like moving forward for people that are looking for jobs and what's going to happen, you know? Well, it's only going to get further saturated, too. Exactly. Like, that's the thing. Like, the more people that get into it, like, the when it first kicked off, I'm sure people thought that, like, the balance of income versus the barrier to entry was great. It was like, yeah, it takes almost no effort to get into this. Right. But, like, as the market got saturated, I'm sure it got a lot more competitive, Extremely, and yeah. Then the, and then at the same time, the more saturated it gets, the harder it's going to be without com- – like competition completely goes out the window at that point because you're competing with everybody along with like your own ambition. Because like that was the part of it that I found really interesting because I'm really into social media marketing. Mm-hmm. I don't like social media. I don't like being on it. I don't like producing stuff specifically because I I have to 
use it in order to promote like my artwork or this podcast or anything like that. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. Um, but I'm super into like the business aspect of it. And so like I, I was consulting around it for a long time. I was like, hey, I'll do the research on the algorithms. I'll think about all this stuff. It's going to become another. Do you feel like it's going to become like another Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, OnlyFans platform? Like like almost like to a point where there is a generation to where like you've got more than like an 80% chance that when you go to somebody's link tree, you're going to see an OnlyFans link in there. You know, and it's just going to be a part of regular social media interaction. I don't really know, because isn't it so strange that we think that like our bodies are so transactional like that? Well, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, but like, like as I a am, sex worker, that uh, like not, it would, would be, be like get there. like that would be a transaction, right? Essentially. Um, if there are people willing to pay to see me naked, I, I still don't know if I'd be willing to jump into that. I can't fair. think of myself. Like, that's a tough one for right. me because, like, it's also a very subjective industry. Mm-hmm. And it's like what's super attractive to, like, a good amount of people is probably going to be wildly unattractive to others. Or I'm sure I'm sure there are people who found you based off of, like, preferences because you always were kind of, like, rocking a little bit of, like, a goth look. Yeah, Especially with the grim uh, brand that you had that you had laid out recently yeah like well i mean what wasn't it wasn't your so, previous name also my previous name Grimm? was for i want to say two to three years probably three years more like mm-hmm. um it was lilith black for a long time okay. and it, I, it has a metal sound to it it already, does too. yeah like, like, it worked for a while for me um and yeah it fit, it fit your look like yeah. especially when we shot together, like when I saw Lilith Grimm on your on your setup, I was like, okay, that's a badass name that works right. out really good. Yeah, like that was a good like as far as brand, like again, I'm I'm in the business mindset. Like as far as like a brand name, like that mm-hmm. works out really well. Like it's got a ring to it, and it kind of like fits inside the genre that you were sticking to. Right. Yeah. And not to like, give you all this praise now that you're dropping no, it. No. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, um, not trying to create any regrets here. I. I would like to like move forward with doing other things that I enjoy for recognition, like maybe make YouTube videos or because I still enjoy like interacting with people online. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I recently realized that like kept me going for so long is like a part of me really enjoys being watched and like being able to interact with a fan. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you could advocate for people or like even have your platform be something that's like, hey, I'm going to help you out to, because there isn't something that exists like this, or at least I'm, I mean, I'm not finding it. I'm not searching for it, but uh, to have like the platform where you create something to where it's like, hey, this is this is your advice for getting started in something like this. Don't take this lightly. Here's the facts. Like, this I really want to do go that, especially for for dancing, because um when I first started dancing, I watched a ton of YouTube videos on like how to get into the industry, how to behave, uh, dancer etiquette. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like really important if you're dead set on getting into the industry is making sure that you're you're watching those videos and doing your research before you jump in. Um, Did you feel like there was a hole in that market for that kind of content that you were searching for that, that you could fill by creating this avocation thing? Or, yes. Or was the, it saturated? The hole being that like, I don't feel like anybody was telling me like all the negatives. Like I had like, yeah, I'll probably get there when I get there kind of mentality about it. But nobody was really like 
this is like the scary aspect of sex work and this is like the negative aspect of sex work. These are things that you really need to consider before even jumping into the idea of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it would be really cool if I could possibly do that. I mean, it sounds like that would be something that you would be able to resonate with really strong because like you also would have like a very genuine impact on people, especially because like there probably isn't enough people speaking out against it. I just think it's like there's a lot of unrealistic expectation of what sex work is. And there's a lot of glamorization around the industry, which I agree with that. But I also support and love sex workers and I I want them to feel supported and loved yeah. and um, and they deserve like having benefits and and having their job recognized as a real job and being treated like human beings it's which is so silly to say because isn't that the bare minimum yeah you would think that those those things would just kind of like go without saying yeah exactly Um, there is there is a very obvious bias against sex workers to where like it it, i don't i don't want to say that it's a dehumanizing level of bias against sex workers but in in a lot of areas or at least the extremes when people are talking negatively around it, there is definitely like a dehumanization aspect of it. Yeah. And to where these people are looked at as lesser human beings. Um, if you were to, if you were to combat that, what, what's, what was, what would be your strategy? To like combat, if you, like, like if you had to change somebody, yeah. If you had to change somebody's mind, like just one person who had that, that outlook. I think something that a lot of people don't consider about a lot of sex workers going into the industry is that a lot of them have disabilities. Like, mental, emotional, like psychological disabilities. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single sex worker I've met that isn't like um, neurodivergent or has mental health problems. And because we don't get a lot of accommodation with other jobs in America for mental health crises, a lot of people turn to that industry in order to make a living for themselves and survive. Okay. A uh, devil's advocate here. If uh, if you were going to make that argument and somebody bounced back with you saying, like, hey, don't you think that means that we should just be putting more of an emphasis on mental health and not like not subjecting them to this sex work as kind of a, like a placebo? Oh, you know, it, that's really tough because it's like I would love to see there being more um, inclusivity in jobs mm-hmm. for people that have – mental health crises and conditions but i just we're still just now talking about mental health and and there's still a lot of different taboos and I still don't even know if we're there yet perceptions on like I, mental conditions yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that the 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 stigma around talking around mental health is gone yet no um, not yet because because it covers such a wide range like there's so many different variances out there that that you'd have to cover in order to be like wholly inclusive about the mental health crisis that we're in. Yeah. I mean, Um, it's only become like a really recent thing um, within like what the past 10 years that we've really sat down. And a slow crawl. Yeah. Sat down and like talked about the things that people experience on a day-to-day basis with Mm -hmm. their mental well-being. Any art form, you're going to find a lot of people that are going to be like, I, I know neurodivergent is used for a very wide spectrum of mental incapacity. Not, I don't even want to say incapacities because that's not the right word for it. But the conditions, um, conditions. Uh, 
I mean, the, like the the ability because it is a a thing that's pushing you towards self expression mm-hmm. and being able to feel comfortable or just being able to express yourself in ways that you weren't able to do before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get a little apprehensive saying that somebody who is dealing with mental instability issues of any kind should feel welcomed into sex work no. though, as, like a, as kind of like an addition. And that's so, like, not if, what I'm trying to say. No, 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 no. And I get know. that. But if that was if that was part of the argument, like that would almost make me want to shine more of a light on 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 the sex work industry and be like, hey, how many people are here because they feel like they don't have a choice rather than because it's something that they actually want to do. And it was like if they were pushed into this industry because other like they had disabilities that didn't allow them to work uh, jobs like especially like people don't think about this a lot but there's a America is huge and trying to find work in areas that aren't major metro areas is increasingly difficult mm-hmm. um like I grew up in a small town mm-hmm. uh and by small town like some people know me like the town that I'm talking about uh is not actually the town that I'm talking about I grew okay. up in a in a small offshoot of or what was already a small town of just a few thousand people wow. I grew up in a town where we bumped the population up to like 127 people oh like, wow and there was nothing there like, yeah this was this was an area like so if you were in a if you were stuck in a disability tour maybe you couldn't drive or which is more of a hindrance than people think about it right I can absolutely see where somebody who is a young, attractive female being stuck in a situation like that would feel like they don't have a choice. Right. Like I can understand why that would be there, but that wouldn't make me, I I would say that there are going to be plenty of people out there to where those circumstances wouldn't be enough to be like, okay, well then it's all right that you're involved in sex work. No. Yeah. Um, I just, obviously we all get to have our choices. Right. But I just, I guess what I was trying to get at is like, because of how, it's not an easy job, but because of how flexible it is and with income. It's very accessible. It's It's very very accessible accessible work. Yeah. Um, And I feel like people maybe understood like a lot of the reason as to why a lot of women do sex work. Um, A lot of them do it for fun because they enjoy it, because they like dancing, because... Mm -hmm. um, Maybe they enjoy the sexual aspect of it. Maybe they enjoy, um, you know, kind of like the glamour aspect of it, which is fine. It's it's okay to be like, I'm in this industry and I feel empowered by it mm-hmm. because it makes me feel confident and it makes me feel beautiful. Do you feel like the, that subsect of the community is probably, the, is probably subject to the most uh, bitter downfall? Like when, when the reality of it hits them? And like the not fun parts start showing up. Do you feel like they're going to be the ones that are affected by it more? Oh, I can only speak from my experience. Sure. Because like when I was doing, when I first started dancing and started doing sex work, that's how it was for me. I definitely felt like really empowered for a while. And mm-hmm. like, um, well, not, I wouldn't say empowered is even the right word because it's, it's a job. Like, it's like. I'm a nurse. Capable. I'm yeah, like, capable. Like I felt capable of taking care of myself. And then it was nice because I got compliments all night or it was nice because I got to do a hobby that I really enjoy. Right. That feeling of independence is kind of like something that not a lot of people would want to trade. Exactly. Like 
So, I, I mean, I can understand the apprehension towards getting into like a more mainstream job, especially because everybody who's got one is only ever talking about like the negative por portions of it. It's like, yeah, I work a boring nine to five. It's like, I think the nine to five is like severely underrated. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't really know that until you've had to see kind of like the uglier side of it. Right. Like I can tell you now as somebody who worked in food service for a long time, I don't know if you had an extensive history in food service or not oh. beforehand. Um, I, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be my first choice no, um, yeah, as a neither. job if you're looking for respect and, and all that, especially not right now. <laughs> like America seems to have kind of a boner for fucking over food workers, but. Um, yeah, Karen's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not even just that, uh, just just labor laws in general. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, I worked in I worked in a kitchen. I was a server in the same restaurant. Um, whenever I wasn't working in the kitchen, I was serving. And so those were kind of my two jobs. And as a as a male server, it was it was steep because statistically they don't get they don't get tipped quite as much. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the there wasn't ever really a feeling of uh, of fairness on the serving side of it because you were paid like two something an hour. Right, like that's your actual base wage, and that might cover taxes. Yeah, um, and then oh your tips have to come in on everything else, and then depending on the restaurant that you're working in, you're actually doing tip sharing to where you you don't have a choice like your tip is split between other people that were part of the industry even if they never touched the tables that you worked on never interacted with any of the people that are there um like there are tip like i'm not saying all tip share programs are like that but a right. good amount of them are which um, i think that's a flawed industry in in of itself mm -hmm. um especially like the whole um concept of industries not paying their workers uh, livable wages and expecting them to survive off of tips. Right. I well, so a route that I was going to go is that, um, like that industry lends itself very well to creating environment because most of those jobs are populated by young kids. Mm -hmm. Um, like they can start working in those jobs at sixteen. Right. And so, they get into those industries and they're constantly being beaten down. Like I was going to wonder what your work history was before you were able, before you were even legally able to get into sex work. Oh, um, um do you, was there, were you in a job to where like you felt like it might've pushed you into jumping into that industry as, as a, as a better alternative or. Uh, no, I actually, I really loved my job that I had before I even got into sex work. In okay. fact, I, um, I was doing both at the same time. I worked okay. in a nursing home and I was a hostess. So I worked with food for a lot of the okay. older people and I would serve them food. And it was really nice. I really enjoyed, you know, having a personal connection with a lot of the um, older people that were staying there. Mm -hmm. And I got really like personal and close with a lot of them. I worked in the field for the job that I'm currently in. So I was hooking up cables, fixing cable and stuff like that. And the elderly customers were normally my favorites because they were yeah. the nicest ones. Yeah. Like most of the time they're the nicest ones. I definitely had some grumpy bitches out there. But <laughs> but um, to to kind of roll back to, like we were talking about mental health, to kind of like roll back a little bit. I know we're, we're diverging, but I was going to ask this earlier. Do you feel like therapy should almost be a prerequisite for, for like continuing in, in the industry yes. in sex work? One, okay, one million percent. Because when I first started dancing, I told my therapist, and I was like, so I'm going to start dancing. 
And me and him sat down and had like a long conversation about the things that we were going to look for while I was dancing to make sure that I was still mentally healthy enough mm -hmm. to continue working as a dancer. I had like a, a long list of things that I wanted to make sure I was checking before. Can you rattle any of those off? Oh, yeah. So one of them was like the health of my relationship that I was like really concerned about. Like, is this going to change the dynamic of my relationship? Which it has. You're with the same person? Yes, I am. Time? Yeah. That's great. Been with him for four years. It's good. But um, so it's like changing the dynamic of my relationship, changing my um, my mental health and my mental state and making sure that I wasn't negatively affected mentally by it and also making sure that it wasn't affecting my self-image was a big one that my therapist was talking to me about because he's been he's worked with other sex workers before sure and he's told me that inevitably he tends to find that a lot of them fall down the rabbit hole of insecurity and an insecure um view of themselves do you feel like you did oh yeah yeah oh yeah i was like I imagine some of those battles you almost almost had to lose in order to come to the conclusion that you yeah. came to. And it's it's almost inevitable because of the job being so closely tied to your physical appearance. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a really bad night and you see like another girl making more money than you or if it, it can really throw you off or if you're not getting any dances or you're not getting tips, like you're like, well, do I not look good today or... And I think everybody that is a dancer or in the sex worker industry can relate to that. Like, even as like an online sex worker, if you have like a month that you're doing bad, but you see somebody else's like being really successful, it can really tear you down. Like, mm -hmm. in terms of your um, self worth. Is there, is there anything that you've kind of done in like realization that you kind of lost some of those fights inside your own head to kind of? make that turnaround while you were still like convinced that you were going to keep doing sex work? Um, like I, something, something to kind of like counteract those feelings or just, uh, yeah. But, cause you, cause I can see somebody slipping into self-destruction very easily when yes. they're surrounded by those feelings. Like, oh, and a lot of girls do. They, they turn to drugs, they turn to alcohol mm -hmm. because they hate having to, um, address that feeling head on right. when they're at work specifically. And it's. I know. It's I, really I heard stressful. that cocaine is a is a very prominent huge, drug. Huge, huge issue in the mm -hmm. strip clubs. Did you jump in? Did were Did you have to tangle with that at all? I'm not gonna lie. I did yeah. for a while. Um, I like would go on binges, and I started getting really sick from it. So I was like, this is not something okay. I want to deal with myself personally. So I've taken a step away from it. But I know a lot of girls that subject themselves to that and i definitely think it's a way to cope with it now in that same line like did you find something else to replace that impulse in order to help cope i feel like it's like just a, like a hobby or some sort of like activity that was able to kind of help distract from all that instead of snorting or smoking <laughs> or anything like that um so i feel like i personally don't really have a very like addictive personality i don't get addicted okay. to things very easily um but that's just speaking for myself because i mean that's great <laughs> other than <laughs> like, nicotine like like genetics and um mental 
mental strength definitely have a huge amount to do with uh, whether or not addiction will be yeah. a part of your life in some way. But Well, like also I was just getting like sinus infection after sinus infection. Oh, I can only like, imagine. Really sick. And, and I just was sick of it. I was like, Ugh, this isn't even worth it. <laughs> it's like, cocaine's so fucking annoying. Man. I know. Like <laughs> for, all for a cheap 15 minute high. Right. <laughs> uh, not cheap. Very expensive 15 minute high. I was, I, I tried cocaine once. And uh, and I was too, um, I was too drunk to know what it did. Yeah, like, I, I was too drunk at the time to remember what it did. But yeah, that was I a long feel time. like and that was also a long time ago. So I don't... with like weed and cocaine, I personally have never like as of recently struggled with grasping or grappling with addiction with that. I used to mm-hmm. when I first started sex work. I was really a heavy smoker. But again, like it's really easy for me to just be like, I'm done. Um, God, I applaud that. My, that's, it's yeah, it's that's not an me. easy thing for people to achieve. I mean, most people struggle with like addiction when they're using substances. I I mean, the environment around you will have a wild effect on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I like. I don't want to say that you just don't have an addictive personality and like you're able to subsect that, but like I imagine that the circumstances that were in your life, like having a having a steady partner mm-hmm. who was supportive and wasn't giving you a bunch of, I imagine wasn't giving you a bunch of grief about the world that you were in, and perhaps also having a family that wasn't giving you a bunch of grief about the industry that you were in, probably yeah. like ra- like didn't create. A bunch of the conditions that addicts are normally pushed into to where like the world that they're living in is worse than the not sober world or the intoxicated world that they find that they try to go to as much as they can. Well, I think for me, it's just it's very different because I I do struggle a lot with um, different like personal issues with like my family. I my family knows that I'm a dancer for the most part. So mm-hmm. that's not an issue. But I do have interpersonal problems i think everybody does sure um i think i think the degree that they exist will i i don't i just as a caution almost as a cautionary tale i want to say this is like just because i've i have a person sitting here with who's giving an example of being in kind of like a rough industry and Mm -hmm. somehow being able to indulge themselves in some of those drugs go on some binges and not end up addicted right is not the standard i (laughs) think for me Maybe that, this is what you're trying to get. It is like um, the, I have a pretty good support system. Right. I, th- I think you're an exception to the rule, especially when it comes to cocaine. Cocaine can be ridiculously addictive. Very much so. Yeah. Um, um, which I feel like I've had to build a lot of the support that I have for myself in terms of like mentally, like because I have a pretty severe psychosis causing condition, I have to be really careful about the things that I put in my body mm-hmm. and the way that I treat myself and the amount of sleep I get at night. And like, just, I have to be really careful and I'm in constant contact with like professionals for that. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, like, especially in the industry that you're in being engaged in somebody like engaged in a situation to where you are able to talk to like an impartial third party as a therapist would serve would be vastly important. Even if somebody isn't diagnosed with anything i and they're in the sex work industry i just i always recommend it It there there isn't an industry like it no there isn't like i can't think of anything comparable where you're not i I mean obviously modeling 
like regular fashion modeling to where, yeah, your worth is absolutely tied to your physical appearance. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it whatsoever. Um, but I, I, I would recommend the same thing for them. Like I would say, it's like, yeah, you should probably be talking to a therapist too, because you don't yeah. want to fall into those same things. Um, I can't think of an industry that compares outside of like the very vapid, visceral, uh, physical appearance focused careers. Yeah. And sex work, I feel like is at the bottom of the barrel of that as far as, uh, your mental health, because like, not only is it completely tied to your physical appearance, it is also still pretty taboo mm -hmm. and has the capacity to see some of like the depths of human depravity that people can get to. Yes, um, exactly. I, but again, like I, I want to be supportive. Like if Me this is an industry that you're in, go for it. Like, yeah. like, but like in the, in the last interview that I did, um, like it was great. It's just, she wasn't, like she wasn't afraid to like admit it was like hey uh there's there's people that shouldn't be in this industry 100 um i won't be in this industry for forever mm -hmm. i wouldn't want this industry for my kid mm -hmm. like like there was there was a good deal of honesty around it and so thankfully like out of the interviews that i've had and the people that have talked to you about only fans it has not gotten contentious because i haven't had anybody who's like die hard on the fence or, or like die hard on the side of sex work is a great industry and everybody should be welcomed into it with open arms and not feel like there's going to be any like major downsides that you can't overcome. Yeah. Like, oh man. Um, I just, I feel like for a lot of women because of the, or just content creators in general or people that are attempting to be content creators, there is this glamorization again that like mm -hmm. makes people think that it's, it's very, um, empowering and not to say like that it doesn't empower some people i'm sure that it does but it really does have its downsides well, it's just like social media like you don't yeah. want to show people the bad no like exactly. the bad the bad won't get clicks unless it's drama and, right. and can get there but like you don't want to showcase your brand as somebody who's having like a mental breakdown because of the industry yeah. that they're in like nobody wants to i mean i can't say nobody wants to see that but it's not a good look mm -hmm. for the brand and so I think it's important that more people have conversations like this where they're willing to kind of get into the dirt and be like, hey, this is what this is actually going to be like. You need to be ready for it. Exactly. And I don't know. I try to have those in-depth conversations with people before they go into the industry if they're considering it. Mm -hmm. um, because oftentimes maybe it's me being a little bit of like being a little negative about the industry i just feel like it's really important for people to be warned about what they're going to experience like it can't it, it's not always going to be just that black and white situation right. like this is this is an industry where there's a lot of room for nuance yeah 100%. and you should be allowed to say that you can support something while also advocating against certain aspects of it like, yeah without being called out for like betraying like the the friends of yours that you have that are also only fans models or um speak ill be claim that you're like being biased against people who are stuck in the sex worker industry no. like you should there should be allowed to you should be allowed to point out the holes that are in there so they actually get fixed yeah or at least have the attention drawn to them exactly i i love sex workers i think they're wonderful people and i do want to see more advocacy for 
a lot of sex workers' rights um, in terms of, like, you know, the way that they are perceived and the way that um, they don't really have a lot of, like, safety nets in place in order for them to, um, you know, like, paid leave like we were just talking about. Like, I want to see more of that, but I don't – I want there to be – less glamorization around sex work as a whole paid leave would be a tough one it would be like because you're very much an independent contractor when you're jumping into something like this exactly so i'm not really sure how you would implement something like that either i feel like it would have to be like a a government based thing where it's like okay this person like maybe even like unemployment or something of the sort it would be a tough one it would um, be i don't know how that would be tackled but well, i think so that... i have to think about it from the independent contractor side of things because exactly. i was an independent contractor for a while uh for a few years i was doing odd end jobs as just working for an employment agency mm-hmm. um but they were i was not a direct hire of theirs they were just like they filed me as an independent contractor so I was filing the exact same paperwork OnlyFans models are doing when it came to tax season and stuff like that. I was mm-hmm. having to do it quarterly, um, which is another thing people don't think about they when they get in the industry. Taxes. They're still thinking about that once a year thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, nope, you got to do this four times a year, man. Like, mm-hmm. you got to be ready for that. Um, but every job that they sent me to, um, they were they were taking me on as just as a contractor. Like, I was not employed with any of them. And the government isn't quite as involved uh, when it comes to that. Right. I mean, specifically because you're trying to jump into that independence, like you're not entitled to any of those benefits. Exactly. Because like, this is like, that's the contract that you signed. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, And also I have a very healthy distaste for the government. And so I don't feel like they'd be able to handle it if we got them involved in it. (laughs) Like they're not even good at the job they have. Yeah. You make some really good points there. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think socially, I, I definitely want like women to be more humanized when they're in the industry, like less right. dehumanized, like no experiencing of like all of the negative mm-hmm. things that I don't know. I I, I agree, um, but I also feel like they need to be honest about. Uh, the perceptions that do need to be there. 100%. Like, yeah. I I know that there is a big subset of people who think that, like, again, like the diehards for the sex worker industry mm-hmm. who think that there isn't anything wrong with it or anything taboo. Like, there's uh, like when it, sides. Like, if I made the argument that a 17 year old should not be told that OnlyFans is a great option for them because, like, that's borderline grooming. One hundred percent. If you've it got is. if you've got dudes sit, like I know this happens. I know this happens. If you've got people who are hitting up like a seventeen year old girl or sixteen year old girl, talking about how how hot she is, how amazing how amazing she is, and all this stuff, and like kind of like planting those seeds, like I I see this on people that I follow. Like I mean, they they will con- like like you see it on like they're mostly celebrities, mm-hmm. and they're like they're creating that. They're creating that mindset. Well, not all celebrities, most celebrities probably aren't going to fall in for something like that. Mm -hmm. But that idolization and when you've got celebrities like, uh, God, we just said Bella Thorne or 
uh, I think I, I remember seeing news stories about Billie Eilish being overly sexualized. Basically, as soon as she yeah. turned eighteen, as soon as she turned eighteen, like it was like a it was like a switch flipped, and you had people like she started getting posted on Reddit and like not safe for work forums. I was like, this is disgusting. Like she literally she literally turned eighteen for a day. You tell you're gonna tell me now that you weren't jerking off to her like four days ago? Yeah. Like there's some sick fucks out there yeah. who are, who are jumping onto this stuff, and by saying that. Yeah, that shouldn't be like this shouldn't be content or a idea or or an ideology that should be available to somebody who is under the age of 18. And there are people out there who are going to like a good subset of sex workers who are going to jump down my throat for making a claim like that. No, because they don't they don't want to be thought of as groomers. Of course, nobody. No, does. but I agree but, with you. Um, and actually, what's really interesting is um, when I first got into sex work, I had reached out to somebody that was like, I think she was 21 at the time, if not a little older. Mm -hmm. I had reached out to her because I was like, hey, I want some advice on how to get into the industry. And she was like, do not. You are way too young. And I didn't listen. And how old were you at the time? 18. You were 18. Yeah. I was 18. She's like, no, I don't feel comfortable giving you this advice. And I really should have taken that um, and listened. I really do think that these uh, sex work sites need to be 21 plus dude i was an absolute moron until i was like 26. yeah like i didn't I, know i didn't know what the fuck i wanted to do i didn't know who the hell i was I, I i don't i would argue that at 26 i still didn't like so it's hard for me to think oh even even our government doesn't see 18 year olds as fully adult and like they are kind of like they're willing to throw them into war but you know they're not gonna let them drink like there's you're still a kid yeah i i yeah, I, I can't I can't get on board with I can't get on board with that. I can't really. I, so I, I can absolutely agree with her saying that. Yeah. 18 is too young. It's like I feel like 21 is too young. Um, yeah. To us to a certain degree. Obviously, there are people who are in circumstances where that isn't necessarily the case. But um, there was a bar. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was somewhere out east. They raised the drink. They raised the age of entry, not the drinking age. They raised the age of entry into their bar to twenty five. I think mm-hmm. it was twenty five or twenty six. Um, because they essentially because they were sick of twenty one year olds uh, trying to get in there, or just minors who were just like barely. Un, I guess they're not. Te- I don't know. Technically, not minors at, at twenty, but um, yeah, because but- they were underage students kids trying to get in there to drink and like minors drinking wise yeah, yeah. 25 26 is a little bit harder to hide versus like 20 to 21 mm-hmm. um and uh they they didn't report any negative side effects around stuff like that because they got a less rowdy crowd they mm-hmm. got a more wealthy crowd because I, I generally by that age you're making more money than you are at 20 at least in general you could assume uh, in yeah. general yeah um if uh do you feel like there should be a raise on the age limit towards sex work? Like, I know that those things are not directly related points at all. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like like there should be, instead of it being like an 18-year-old thing, it should be more of like a mature age uh, situation before you're able to enter into sex, specifically into those sex work platforms? Yeah, especially speaking from um, a point of view of like, being a dancer, it is really uncomfortable and strange working with girls that are possibly still in high school or just like fresh out of high school. I heard the word baby stripper for like the first time during one of those previous interviews and it really? sick, and it grossed me out. Yeah. 
it grossed me out that that was like the terminology. Well, I think baby stripper is more of a, a term for somebody that's just getting into the uh, Yeah, I know it's more innocent than what it sounds yeah. like, but it just, it weirded me out the first time hearing it. Um, I just, I, I wonder if like some of the issues that we were talking about to where it's like, you, when you have a little bit more mental maturity and you've hit the age of 21 and then you enter into sex work rather than doing it at 18 when you're like fresh out of high school are generally expected to come up with a career path at that age. And like if the option of entering into sex work was not an option right at 18, um, I, I know that there's people who probably make a lot of money, club owners, porn executives who are like, hey, fuck you. Don't fuck with our business right now. But, right. Off of younger um, girls. Do you feel like it would be a fair trade? I mean, I don't see it happening anytime soon. There's way too much money in the industry. But well, like, you know, there are some places where it is 21 plus um, because they serve alcohol. Sure. But which makes sense. It's it's really hard to compete with a place where mm -hmm. it is 18 plus. But um, I feel like in the vein of things that could be done. To help, yeah. to help kind of regulate things, raising the age of entry for OnlyFans or Patreon if you're creating lewd or uh, nude content would probably be, yeah, I think would be a worthy like test at least I think to for, try and like see if it was something they were able to do. But for I don't regulation know how you turn back. purposes, I, I definitely think that the age should be the age limit should be raised for right. sure because, like, I think you you had mentioned like in terms of like career opportunities when you're young like 18 years old like you're still like fresh out of high school you're figuring out your life you don't know what no you want to do you, don't and you know shouldn't what you're have doing. any idea you're so young yeah you you're shouldn't so young i wrote a, i wrote an article in the school newspaper like and it was talking about taking a gap year mm -hmm. after high school i was like instead of jumping in because i was surrounded by all of my peers who were constantly be like all right i'm writing college essays i'm trying to I'm trying to get into scholarships. I'm applying for grants. I'm doing all of these things to try. And immediately after I've spent like the first 18 years of my life learning the, maybe the basics of living life and dependent on who you're, how you were raised and dependent on your circumstances, maybe learning the basis on how to be on your own mm -hmm. um, instead of throwing kids into college and expecting them to learn how to be on their own through the college experience, which I think is a very skewed way of being on your own. I don't think college teaches you much uh, at all about like actually being on your own and right. being in a career, um, at least not socially. Uh, I I can, it, I, I thought that was wildly important. So that's another reason why I don't think 18 is a, is a viable age for somebody to make a career, make a career out of sex work when yeah. that never goes away. That content is on the internet forever. Yes. Like that is a permanent change. That is something that shouldn't uh, like it's whether you agree with it or not. I don't think it's something that should hang over your head uh, on an impulse decision because mm -hmm. you needed to make some money and taking a few nudes on your phone and sending your ID is a super easy thing to do. Like yeah. that barrier to entry seems like that's not a high fence. Right. Like, that's what I was talking about, like in terms of how it has like stunted a lot of my growth, like as an adult. Because I started so young and mm -hmm. I feel like all girls that start so young, like they have this idea of um, fast money and easy money that is easy to access. Especially at 18. Yeah. Just got out of school. You can do whatever the hell you want at that yeah. point. Like you're finally an adult. Like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, I can make X amount of money within just what? A few hours. 
and like at the tip of my like at the touch of my fingertips and it kind of goes back to what you were saying about like having more respect for like people working the real job because it created like a that that same mentality is mm-hmm. like this was way easy money and it's instant gratification right it's like there's no not a lot of patience involved in it like I you see. throw it up there and the money just starts flowing in like Yeah, I also think it's really scary because once you decide that you no longer want to rely on that industry anymore, you're like, oh, shit, you know, like now and not in a disrespectful way, but it's like now I have to like go out and figure out what I want to do with my life when I've surrounded my life around this for a period of time during my developmental years. And then it's. It's really confusing. Um, And on top of that, it's like, uh, it's not as like gratifying as getting that instant money. And Mm -hmm. it's also another really hard thing is like, if you've taken off a lot of years from an actual job by doing sex work, by being a dancer or being a content creator, you have a gap year in your resume that now these jobs are gonna look at and they're gonna be like, what were you doing for this amount of time? Oh, I got an easy one for you. You were you were an independent contractor primarily in the entertainment industry and the nightlife industry. Okay. Like, I can like I can spin that shit because I've had to apply right. for a lot of jobs. I can spin that shit for sure. <laughs> like, because I I got stuck right out of high school was there's for, a lot right, of ways around it. Well, but. right out of high school for me was the 2008 financial crisis. Mm. So I graduated in 07. I was working for a little while, and then the 08 crisis hit and fucked all that shit up for me and so I was on unemployment for like a half a year uh, trying to get around that um, but yeah like I if it was if it was me offering career advice to somebody who's like yeah I've got like a four year gap in, in my working industry I was like yeah you were an independent contractor in the nightlife or entertainment industry and when I hear nightlife industry the first thing that I think of is bars exactly yeah for sure. And so especially if you were applying, like, because you, you were thinking about jumping into something like that, like, that's a very short leap. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like that would be a good, uh, like, that would be a good mixture. A good way to, like, go about. Because yeah. you're already going to have a sales mentality. Like, you've, yeah. you've, like you, there are absolutely positives towards working in the sex industry that will transfer over into other industries, especially in the sales world. Yeah. Like, I just, I know... It's really difficult for some people to be so honest and open about it. Sure. I personally don't have a problem with it. If I'm going to get a job, too. I have <laughs> no problem being like, yeah, I'm a dancer and I want to quit. Like, I'm done, you know. Mm-hmm. And if they turn me down, then it's probably not a company I really want to work for anyways. Sure. I, I would think, if anything, it would probably earn you a little bit more respect because it's like, hey, yeah, this isn't something that people can do forever. And, yeah. like, she's she's got a dose of reality right now. So, like, yeah. we're getting somebody who's grounded. Exactly. And, and what yeah. their experiences are. Um, I, I mean, we've been talking a lot about the negatives, but like, are there enough positives to where like, I don't, I don't really want to know. I, I don't really want to know if it's something that you could be turned back into if we started talking about a bunch of positives, because I don't want to like try and like reverse your decision or anything like that. My mind has um, been made up on it. Okay. So, I mean, I. Are there are there enough positives to where it was a tough decision for you? Like not just out of like, not, yeah. not like aside from like the money. Yeah. Um, I feel like over time it definitely like the positives wore off for me personally, mm-hmm. 
but there were a lot of positives um, that Did I personally Did new ones crop up after the old ones like kind of fell out? Like I imagine you probably had some regulars that were like really nice people. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely had some really nice people as regulars that and and that human connection. I really enjoy human connection mm-hmm. and being able to talk to people. Um, Are your so, regulars finding out that you're leaving if they're watching this right now? <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Oh, shit. <laughs> Eventually. Break some hearts. Can't do this forever. Well, my my closest regular, my regular that I speak to the most, he, mm. I've already, I'm a lot more personal with him because he's more of a friend to me. Okay. And so I've like already broke down like, um, kind of over it with him. Right. He's, he's super understanding and super nice about it. Um, positives. I really enjoy being a private contractor and I also really enjoyed working in this industry because it has taught me a lot about how independent I can be mm-hmm. and it's also taught me about what I look for in jobs moving forward. Like the things that I want, the traits that I want from a job or a position. And I mean it's it's super entrepreneurial. That's oh yeah, word. you are absolutely your own boss. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like you, you call the shots for all that stuff. Yeah, and the flexibility is so nice. Do you feel like you're able to identify red flags in people a lot quicker because you've seen like the depths of human depravity? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like it's... You're able to guess somebody's like fucked up trait just by like think... interacting with them for a little bit. I think that that's another positive for me is that it's helped me read people really well, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like read the red flags. That a person might exhibit. Another positive has got to be some of the DMs that you get are just absolutely ridiculous. They're hilarious like, sometimes. Because that was a, when I started this podcast up, that was <laughs> one of like the first things I wanted to do. So if you're willing to whip any out, I'd love to hear them. Oh man, maybe I actually just recently, um, not even on my sex work account, I went on Reddit and I posted and like a look your best subreddit. Okay. And I posted asking if I should dye my hair red or black, just because I was curious to see what kind of reaction I would get. And all of the, like, messages I got are just so goofy. <laughs> and that's not even me doing sex well, work, but like I've Natural I've red or, like, kind of, like, saturated like artificial a, red? Like an auburn, kind of more natural, okay. like, cherry. Okay. Not like, as, a, as a natural redhead, I've, I've got to I've clarify. So. Yeah. Like, like, auburn, it would be, like, more natural looking on me. Okay. It wouldn't be, like, a ginger. It would be more like a... Like a brownish red. It, it looks like black is your natural hair color, or yeah. like a dark, um, or at least a, like dark a dark brown. color. Yeah, okay. that's my natural hair color. Have you gone red before? Like, have you gone yes. white? Yes. So I've gone actually quite a few colors. I've been, and another thing is like your hair color in this industry. Like everybody has like their different oh, opinions. Oh God, I can on, only like, imagine how much that changes your audience. It really does. It really does. Like, oh, I like redheads. I like blondes. I like brunettes. It's, it's, was there was there a group that was more well behaved? Like no, <laughs> it's just all bad. <laughs> Not all bad. It's, it's, like, it's, I was like, oh, the dudes that are into blondes are like way funnier, or something like that. Like, <laughs> I feel like the dudes that are into blondes are older. Okay, like a all right. Lot See, of that's what, that's older. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. There. Um, I don't feel like one was like there's, better. There's genre or worse. stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Oh, but did you want to see some like weird I would, DMs? I would love oh to see God. some weird DMs. Okay. I would adore seeing weird DMs. Oh, my shoe fell off. <laughs> okay. Well, let me see if I can find some. That would be awesome. So like, I can't imagine better scenario. Like, cause whenever you hop online, especially on Reddit, they're always showing like their Tinder 
uh, reads, yeah. which uh, which I imagine you're not going to have because, again, you've had a serious partner, but my fucking God, oh, I would I, love to see somebody's Tinder DMs. I've been on like, Tinder before for sex work, and my partner knew about yeah. it, so it wasn't like... There's something super satisfying about seeing somebody crash and burn or just seeing like oh. some of like the weird openers that people try and jump in on. So I have one that I posted on my Twitter. It was extremely weird. Um <sighs> And I, I don't have Twitter right now. I deleted it, but I can remember it off the top of my head. Some dude was like asking me to cut the tip of his penis off. Fucking what now? Yeah, he was like, "Can you cut the tip off of my penis?" Or like some. It was just wild. I was like, "What the hell?" Did you ever see the Pain Olympics videos way back in the day? Maybe. Like you, you're probably you were probably too young. Like because this is like ten years ago. So I would have actually really hoped that you didn't see them at the time. Probably not. Um, no. So, God, dude, like, uh, for some people who are at least around my age and older, like when they hear when they hear pain Olympics on the Internet, like that, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And all of their dicks just like scrunched up into their bodies. Oh, no. Because it was literally dude like it was literally videos of dudes. I don't know how much of them are real, but it was literally dudes like tying their junk off and like hacking away at it <gasps> and stuff like that. So there's definitely some like pain fetish shit around that it's fucked up there's some very strange i'm so kink friendly like i am like so you've seen some of the the weirdest ones too oh i mean i've when i was younger i got like two request two requests to do scat play videos i can't understand that one i don't get it also maybe this is horrible of me but i've scammed a guy that wanted a scat play video from me as you should he was like as asking, you fucking should. he was like asking me to like smear poop on my face and i was like yeah give me a hundred bucks and he and was he like, got some Nutella. And yeah, no, he was like, okay. And he gave me $50 because mm-hmm. he was like, I've been scammed before. And then I <laughs> blocked him. Should. I took his money and I said blocked because you need to pay me for even asking me that. Oh, God, dude. How are you not embarrassed? Dude, <laughs> and that's another thing is you that's... just get such a wild crowd of people. Oh, God, that is, the, <laughs> that is the fucking question there. It's like, how are you not embarrassed about it? It's like, yeah. I, you hear people say, don't king shame. It's like, fuck you. Scat porn's disgusting. I'm going to shame the fuck out of somebody using scat porn. That's the one thing that I just fuck. can never get behind. I can't get behind the peeing ones either. Like, I know people like, are squirting. like- yeah, no, not that either. That's it's fair. the same thing. It is the same it's thing. It's the exact same thing. If, so, if a girl squirts on you, she's peeing she's on you. She's pissing on you. Congratulations, you've learned something new. Exactly. Like I like I've seen <laughs> I've seen Reddit threads talk about like like it's almost a fucking like scholarly debate. It's like, no, she's peeing on you. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, as a sex worker. It's not some like different science piss. things, like she's peeing on you. It's piss. Like oh my god. I I'm still picturing a dude being like I like I can't you should have just rubbed Nutella on your face and taken him for all of his money at that point. Like no, fuck that guy. I didn't need the extra fifty that bad. I didn't want to <laughs> no, waste good Nutella. So there's, there's there's people who are gonna pay proper money for vanilla shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, what oh, else yeah. you got? Let's you got, see. You got some big ones? Oh. So let me look at my most recent ones. One um, of the things that that Nastasia was talking about was specifically around how she doesn't get unsolicited dick pics anymore. So like she won't even open them unless they're paid for. Like that's got to be a positive. Um, but I imagine you probably still get them on like regular social media platforms. I block them personally. Like if I get like an unsolicited dick pic, I just immediately. Well, yeah, block but you still person. 
you still opened up a DM to find an unsolicited dick pic at that point. Yeah, I don't. If well, it's Instagram, like a Instagram photo, will hide photos. Yeah, uh, if you don't follow them though. If it's a photo, so. I don't usually look at it. I right. just ignore good, it. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Um, let me see. I definitely have some weird ones on my NSFW Reddit. Let's see. I never got I never got any dick pics, but I did. Like I I would I used to get. Uh, request people sliding into my DMs thinking that I was the model for the photo that they had just seen. It was like oh. they just messaged directly from the post that they found in, dis- <laughs> in, in Discovery. Thinking that you're the model. Yeah, it was not like there was. It was awkward, but most of the time it was just like, okay, yeah, hey, I'm oh, not the model, and then they were one. done. But there's this guy, and he'll message me every once in a while, and he'll just say he will just say 13 or 13 inches. That's oh, all he says, okay. and I'm like, what? It sounds uncomfortable, bro. 13? 13? 13 is like, inches. 13's like up to here, he man. He doesn't even say, like, my penis is 13 inches. He he just says 13 inches. <laughs> I mean, the confidence. 13 inches. The fucking inches. confidence. I respect, the, like... I respect the confidence. I mean, you'd have to have it. If you had a 13-inch dick, you'd have to be, like, advertising everywhere because that's a hard sell. Let me see if I can find him. Oh, I mean, no. Uh... Bangle. Well, we don't need to name him or anything. Like no, that, no names for sure. But I want to see if I can find the DM so that way. Come on. You know, the last DM we got on the last interview, she was talking about a dude who said, it was like, hey, I'm eight inches and four fingers across. <laughs> and I was just like, bruh. Ooh, yeah. Like, that's like probably I... you know, not quite bigger than the microphone. Oh, I didn't even realize some dude is asking me. Oh, right now? Yeah, he three weeks ago, some dude asked me if I was on FetLife, which is another platform that I've heard. I've heard of that one. About that one sounds like a scary one, though. I don't know if I want um, to dive into that. I feel like it. It's probably. Oh, yep, found him. I'm not ready for the fetish world. Like, yeah. I'm. I'm too vanilla for that shit. I was with one girl a long time ago, who was into age play, and I've never had a relationship end faster. That is not that was my the thing. Fu- that was the most fucked up thing. That's another that thing I've ever, that, that I've ever interacted is, with. Is very strange to me. Age play is, and that's also why I play the devil's advocate around people who say that they come up with their fetishes because of some sort of like repressed childhood or mental issue that they had back then. It's like I no. don't fucking care. I'm not gonna pretend to have sex with somebody who's a young kid. Mm-mm. Like I don't fucking care. It's not gonna happen. That's very strange. I think that also like. Um, Ties into the topic of like, have you heard of like Belle Delphine? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, yeah, have the gamer about girl her. pee seller chick. Uh, yeah, she's like sold her bathwater. I think a lot of people don't like her because she does a lot of like childlike behaviors that she are looks very young. questionable. She looks young. She like looks like like the anime girl, like yeah, the like young anime girl look. Yeah, yeah. A lot of girls are um, going towards that look and then doing. The same things as her. She was also She's a quality troll, though. She was what? Like she was a quality level troll. Because um, yeah. the when I discovered her, she was getting popular because she was announcing that she was starting her site on Pornhub, mm-hmm. and so she had these clickbait classic porno titles. But it was literally just her mocking people. Like as soon as you open up the video, mm-hmm. and somebody posted one to Reddit, just saying that she uh, that that her kitty takes a cream pie, and she literally just like like. Or something like something like that, like, and it was just like the most literal form of it in a not in a completely non pornographic way, mm-hmm. and it was and it was just pissing people off. 
Like people were getting mad at it, but I thought it was hilarious. It's like, really like hard. I gotta like I gotta pop one of those I gotta pop one of those open, but I can't let my I can't let my camera see that that's what's going on. <laughs> I think okay. I've probably already done that with my phone. Oops. No? No. I think we're good. No, I mean if it if it is the case, I'll make sure that I I'll make sure that I covered that up. Okay. Um I don't really know, like with Belle Delphine, like yeah, there's Belle, a lot of Belle, Del- Belle Delphine gets her hole nice and filled up and it's just her eating. Like she's just eating a burger. like she's just in the thumbnail, she's just eating a burger. Gotcha. <laughs> like I thought I thought that was hilarious. Like that was the funny thing to me. Because it's like she was like built off of an ind- like Belle Delphine plays with her pussy and she's messing around with it. Oh, well, that's a stuffed cat. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just like, hey, ha. Right. Yeah. I can I can respect uh I can respect a good troll if it's funny. For sure, but I don't really know how I feel about Belle Delphine for a lot of different reasons. Oh yeah, no, she looks way too young to be involved in shit like that. But, yeah. But yeah, that was like that was what the comments were all filled with. Like every like whenever it popped in there, it was like quality troll. Cuz that was the meme at the time. Mhm. Like I I I thought it was funny. But yeah, that yeah, the the age that she looks is certainly um is certainly troubling. Yeah. I respect a good joke, but at the same time, like she's, I think she's actually making sex work content now though. Mm-hmm. Is the pro like, I think it crossed, I think it got away from being a joke and it got away from being just like a, like a scam bait thing. Yeah. And turned into actual sex work and it, it is a little gross, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not extremely knowledgeable about her, so I don't, Really? I know she sold her bathwater, mm-hmm. supposedly sold her pee, and then did that Pornhub thing. And yeah. now she's she has an OnlyFans where she she makes that content, and it's mm-hmm. just be like I only ever find out about her when Reddit comes up with an update. Yeah. But, oh, uh, I think I think there's a uh, I think there's an undeniable. Uh, f- it's an undeniable fact that there's an unhealthy obsession with sex workers who are right at that right at that legal age and can kind of like tease that boundary or at least create the perception mm-hmm. that they are younger than than 18 and uh, I'm I'm going to make this point again because it's mm-hmm. the sa- it's the same point that I've made before it was like I've I've done a couple photo shoots with minors they were com- it was completely age appropriate mm-hmm. There was one that I, they, her parents were there. Her outfit I thought was probably pushing it a little much. A little suggestive. Um, yeah. Um, I, I finished the shots, but I, I took them off of my Instagram. They didn't make me feel comfortable, especially considering the rest of my catalog. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, I'm, I'm off at that point. Um, but uh, she still makes, she still makes content. She's still not of age, at least as far as I know. Um, <gasps> But she still she still posts on Instagram stuff that I still think is probably overly suggestive for her age. I see a lot of that with like uh, the younger generation mm-hmm. as of recently. And I and I feel like it's impossible that people are not predating on her. Uh, oh, and, and her comments or just some of her followers. There's people who are specifically waiting. Like kind of like we said about Billie Eilish. Like they're waiting for her to cross that threshold. Yeah, to where it'll become social somehow socially acceptable to start like commenting her on in yeah like, like prey upon her yeah. essentially and i think that like that uh 
that type of person who's willing to do stuff like that is particularly catered by Belle Delphine's content or people who look as young as she does. Mm -hmm. And uh, like YouTube got into a bunch of shit around that because like there were like, it was basically child predator rings who were like using YouTube's comments on like kids, on like videos that involved a bunch of little kids um, pushing stuff like that. And then like, like there's an epidemic I'm jumping into a bunch of different points. I'm come I swear I'm coming to a point here. No, I, um, I'm listening. There's a, and then there's a push uh, in certain people of the LGBTQ plus community who are talking about minor attracted persons as an accepted oh, sexuality. Yeah. Oh. Like, do you I... feel like all these things are related or, and this is, and this is a problem that's getting worse or it's kind of like at the same level of existence that it was. It's just now because of the internet and more people talking about it, that it's just getting a spotlight now. I wouldn't say that the LGBTQ community endorses or even supports. I wouldn't say that they endorse it, but like all. the only people who are talking about it are people who also advocate for LGBTQ plus rights. And it's been in the same ch like that was how I found like, out about it. It was a person. It was a psychologist. It was a psychologist who advocates for trans rights who was talking about minor attracted persons and kind of like it wasn't in the same video. It wasn't in the same dialogue mm -hmm. as those things. But they were like trying to educate on like different sexualities, different gender ideologies and stuff like that. And maps was something that got brought up in one of their videos. I... And it was and it was weird. Yeah, because uh, because there are people who are maps who consider themselves a part of the LGBTQ plus community because they are neurodivergent from normal sexuality. I just but the thing is, uh, <sighs> Okay. I don't agree with it either. I, like, I don't think they yeah, belong in there. No, I think I think they belong. I think they belong buried underneath the prison. But yeah. Um, oh, but that man. is a but that is something that you're seeing. It, I think it was it was Vice News or something. Vice like that. is making posts like that. No, or? they they uh, I gotta I gotta look this up. I gotta find it because I can't. Because like, like I can't have my previous content that's all source based and then like do all this speculation stuff. Um, but it was it was specifically a video series. Um, let's see if interview with a pedophile. Uh, yeah, I think like he that... was like this guy claimed that he was a non-offending pedophile. Was that that he was attracted to children at like toddler age or oh. or maybe a little bit older and he was just saying that he was an ethical pedophile because he had never acted on any of his impulses hi it's editor seth again i was not able to find the exact link for the video that i saw uh, but unfortunately if you search on youtube there are quite a few results around uh this fucked up phenomenon so uh yeah uh decide to google that at your own risk that is not a sexuality. That, was, that, that is a mental my, illness. That was my reaction. That's to a it. mental illness. It's the, not a sexuality. I'm sorry. And even then, like saying it's a mental illness is kind of that. an insult to people with mental illnesses. The ethical. It's just. Pedophile. It's fucked. That's fucked. Virtuous pedophiles. That's a. That's another word. The men who call themselves non-offending pedophiles. Vice News. That was uh, three years ago. Non-offending pedophile is a term used to describe an adult who is attracted to children but has never acted on those feelings. And they've got, like, well, let's see, my audio's on. We don't want to do that. Can't play anything on there, but, but, 
So yeah, yeah, it's a, it was an interesting watch, and it made me feel sick to my stomach, and it made me want to it made me want to commit mass murder. But <laughs> you uh, send it to me later, I'll watch it. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll link that below if anything. Be like, hey, this exists. Like I'm not talking out yeah. of my ass. Like there are people out there who's like. I don't know. I can't remember specifically in that video if they referred to themselves as part of like an LGBT plus community. Mm. But um, but there are bad actors who have made that claim saying it's like because that's the connection that they make in their brain. Right. Gay used to be like gay used to be frowned upon. Being trans used to be frowned upon. And and now they're trying to like they're thinking that they're like the next rung on that ladder. No, it's not because that's violent offense. Like that's like. That's violent. Well, they're non-ethical pedophiles. That's the argument that they make. But you're having violent thoughts. That's that's exactly. concerning. Exactly. It's disgusting. But yeah. like that's that's kind of one of their part. Like that's that's and I think that it's not a long it's not a long jump to make to say that content where they're playing with the borders around age is only making more of an argument for something like that. Yeah. Like, I personally have never gotten behind the whole age play thing. So did, did you ever get asked? Did you ever get asked for somebody to do something like that with you? No. I mean, it'd be kind of tough personally, to do because no. you don't look like a fucking 10 year old. No, <laughs> like, I look like a so. child. And I also, I don't know, like I've, I've had some pretty strange requests, but oh my God, I will say the most disgusting request I've ever gotten that made me sick to my fucking stomach was recently it wasn't the scat porn no fucking this made me want to kill somebody like this made me so upset um i had this guy asking me if i could do a video for him that couldn't be posted on OnlyFans, and i was like what do you want like a video of me like using fake blood or something like i'm fetish friendly and mm-hmm. kink friendly so we could talk about it like what do you want what is it you're looking for and he kept like beating around the bush and be like i don't want you to block me or get mad at me and i'm like look dude i'm kink friendly as long as it's legal and probably wasn't legal he Imagine he it. like kept like just like being super wishy-washy about telling me and i was like dude just fucking tell me what the fuck you want and he sent me a dog emoji I was like, do you want pet play? Like, do you want me to dress up as a dog? I was say, that's not that unusual anymore. No, that's not. It's fucking, it's still weird, but it's, it's a not, little strange, it's but not unusual anymore. It's not unusual. And then I was like, do you want I'm me kink to- I'm kink-shaming a lot today. Yeah, like, no, it's like, okay. Like, I was like, I do you want me to dress feel bad up? About, I don't feel bad about kink-shaming ethical pedophiles. Fuck so those guys, but- I had been posting, like, very innocent photos of my dog on my story. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He wanted you to do shit with your dog. Yeah. (sighs) I was enraged. It, like, makes me sick to my stomach even thinking about it because he's probably asked other people to do it or he's actively seeked out that kind of content. He's probably found it. Um, (sighs) Are people not embarrassed anymore? Like that's beyond embarrassment, though. That's like he that's... knew he knew it was wrong. Like he was like that's why he was playing with you around it so much. Yeah, that's why he wouldn't fucking say anything because he knew yeah. it was fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked. And after that, I oh my god, I remember making an entire post about it, 
showing screenshots and being like, this guy's a fucking sicko. I'm never posting my dog on my fucking story again because some of you are fucking disgusting. Like, and I stopped since that point. I've not posted a single photo of my pets. And I love my pets and I want to be able to like showcase my animals, but what? Who doesn't love a dog post? Exactly. Who like, doesn't love a dog post or cat post? Like cat videos on fucking TikTok are the best. And I love my animals. They're like my kids. But fucking shit. To think that like a dude like that gets turned on by like those funny pet videos. Because that's, that's what's happening. Like that guy, <sighs> that guy is turned on by shit like that. But there's absolutely no vessel publicly, like, readily available for somebody to get, like, a, a sexual kink out of, like, or, like, the, to the extent that he wants. And so he had to reach out to, he has to reach out to OnlyFans girls for it. That is horrible. People who look at OnlyFans content need therapy, too. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> some of them. Some of them are just doing it to... I mean, that was a joke. I mean, obviously, but, 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 still, but that guy needs therapy. That guy That guy. That, that guy, guy needs... needs to get taken to the back. Yeah. Uh, I can't argue with that. He needs That's... to be put down. Fuck, man. I hope he doesn't have pets. Yeah, I hope so, too. Well, that was a... Made me very sick to my that was stomach. Buzzkill, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Like, but like we were talking about, like, just. I opened the door. I was like, "What do you got in your DMs? <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna be <laughs> well, fucking that bad." we were bad, talking though. about like pedophiles. Let's not like call them yeah. maps or. You know what? I find it weird that I was more pedophiles. grossed out. I find it weird that I was more grossed out by the guy who wanted to fuck his dog than the ethical pedophile, quote unquote. Maybe but it's I, because... But I feel, like, I feel like the same punishment could be easily applied, and I'd be happy to yeah. both. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like... I guess it's because the dog one, like, surprised... Like, I mean, maybe I just watched too much Law and & Order, <laughs> and seeing, like, them talk about, like, pedophiles all the time is not... It's just not that... It's not that surprising anymore. I think that's probably it. So, like the it's, shock value is not there, but a dude wants you to, like, it wasn't that he wanted to get with your dog. He wanted you to get with your dog so he could watch. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I remember. Did you ever see the video of the girl who fucked dogs, and she would post? She posted it to YouTube, and she she didn't post the act of it, but she posted talking about having sex with dogs to her YouTube. And oh my god, I gotta, I gotta find her name. Oh, people are so bad. I feel like okay. So you were just talking about how like maybe it's like we feel like the whole dog thing is Whitney Wisconsin. Is Whitney that name ringing bell? No. Yeah, no. She she did like vlogs and like frequently asked question videos about like stuff about having sex with dogs. I no. How long ago was that? This was a while. This was a while ago. This was, this was a good long time. She has a subreddit, um, where people like. Oh no, she was posting it. Shit, that was that's her like link. But yeah, she posted a video called. This was seven years ago. She, she posted a video that somebody reposted to Reddit. It says, "I fuck dogs. Get over it." I remember watching. Uh, I remember watching a YouTuber react to it. And it was literally her going over the line uh, or going over like the, well, yeah, going over the line. But she was literally going over the aspects of like the differences between like which dogs, which dogs you should get to between like different sex acts that you wanted done on you. It was fucked up, man. 
It was fucked up. That's the first thing I think of too. Those two should get together. You should get together and then die. Ride <laughs> off, a, yeah, run off a cliff or something like that. It'd be pretty cool. Oh man, no, I didn't know about that. Oh, but what I was saying was um, the internet's a fucked up place. Oh, and I feel like most people are just so surface level on the internet because there's also the dark web. But that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, I won't even. Yeah, I won't even get into that. We were just saying about how with, um, like, pedophiles and then also, like, zoophiles. Like, how... Is that what they're called? Zoophiles? Zoophile, yeah. Makes sense, I guess. Um, With a pedophile, it's, like, unfortunately, like, not expected. But it's like it's more like you hear more think, about it. I think it's just it's so pervasive in our society to yeah. where it's not really that surprising anymore. Because especially yeah. when you had like a lot of stories coming around just about every industry of extreme power having perpetrators that were like like you got Epstein Island. You've mm-hmm. got the Catholic Church and like their clergy and like the pervasive how how excessive it was in there mm-hmm. uh specifically around the story that the boston globe boston globe pucked out. i mean you've got an oscar you've got an oscar winning movie coming out about the news story breaking that yeah um you've got any number of politicians who are being caught with underage girls or having those accusations leveled against them you've got this, any an uncountable number of celebrities at this point jumping into it i guess it's just it's become so frequent in our society that we're almost desensitized to it unfortunately when we hear about it but then when you hear about it happening to an animal, it's it's yeah, I'm, they're yeah. both heartbreaking. But hearing it happen to an animal, it's it's like just another level of fucked up. Yeah, I have to work tonight, too. Like, I have to work a late night. Normally on the late nights, I don't have anything to do but like sit there and think. And that's going to be on my fucking mind the whole goddamn time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, no, you're fine. No, it's fine. I mean, it's not surprising, but it's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> like. I can't I can't say that like there's a level of human filth that people could get to that would uh that would kind of shock at this point but there's always something new. There's always something new. Like this the scat play I've never been able to understand ever since seeing like the two girls one cup video. Yeah, but that's kind of like That was a long harmless. time ago. Like it's not hurting anybody. No, well, it hurt my soul. Yeah, it's disgusting. Because but... that came out when I was like an impressionable teenager and like we found the video that everybody was like reacting to. Oh, and, yeah. And talking about how disgusting it was and like filming people's reactions to it. Like that was a huge thing back when we found it. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time watching it and just being absolutely disgusted and still going back and watching people's reaction to seeing the videos and finding it hilarious. Like it was almost like a cultural event. It really was. Like it was like it was like a happening. Yeah. That, that showed up in our in our in our society, and it became just kind of like a running joke. But like the reality of it was absolutely disgusting, mm-hmm. and kind of lends itself to the thought that the internet has desensitized us beyond like kind of like maybe even the point of no return. Yeah. Like, Unfortunately, I mean, you have to consider like all these other um, sites that you can visit still, or even like you can go on Reddit and look up like 
horrible gore and terrible murder. Well, acts, they've cut you back on I mean? they've cut back on that a on lot. On Reddit, though. like, they... but do you remember like best gore and stuff like that? Like, oh yeah, I feel like yeah. it's just like I mean, easy to find. I mean, WTF is still a subreddit on there. They've they've toned it down quite a bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's some pretty messed up stuff on there. Space Dicks was the most famous subreddit for a while, and it was just the most ridiculous shock value intended stuff that you could think of. And yeah. But like, like only OG redditors remember space sticks. Like <laughs> I don't think I'd even know space sticks. Oh, yeah. You know don't Google that. I'm okay with Don't Google that. And ignorance is bliss. I think uh I think probably the most uh I mean they probably are happy with this title, but probably the most disgusting sect of the internet that's like publicly available is always 4chan. Oh yeah, I, I, think, I don't I think even... 4chan like tried to get there but at the same time they were also responsible for some of the best memes on the goddamn planet yeah like so it's it's hard it's like in reddit it was kind of like in the same boat mm-hmm. like reddit had some horrible users on there but at the same time had some like the the best internet cultural events on the planet like for sure i the internet is a tough one the internet's the internet's a tough uh tough beat do you do you find the internet is overall a net benefit a net benefit. What do you mean by that? Could you explain that? It was like with all of like when you balance out all of like the negative and all the positive, do you find that the internet has been overall like a good thing for society in general? Yeah. I mean. Or do you feel like the cons outweigh the pros or the pros outweigh the cons? I feel like it's like a, a direct reflection of our consciousness in a way. Like there's a lot of good because there's a lot of good people in the world okay. that just enjoy, you know, consuming media that makes them feel good or makes them feel happy while also being able to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. But there's also horrible human beings that go on there to do horrible things. I want to say that it's an, a net benefit even when all the negative shit is happening because yeah. like otherwise you wouldn't know that those people are into that shit. Right. It's like, which is also why I'm like vehemently against censorship. Like I feel, yeah. I, unless I it's think unless it's uh, unless it's actively intending to cause harm, and it's like an obvious situation to where it was like, hey, this needs to get away because it's inciting people. Mm-hmm. It's like it's inciting violence. Um, and even then, it's kind of like a hard. That's sort of a hard thing to prove. But yeah, uh, unless they're like actively calling out for it. I mean, it's, it can be pretty black and white sometimes, but um. It makes me kind of it makes me kind of queasy though, thinking about um, some of the stuff that we then have to see in order to realize it's like, hey, this is why censorship is Im- this important. is why censorship is important to battle. Like, th- this shouldn't be there. But um, it, I mean, it's not like when I was growing up to where it was like if there was a TV show on that your parents didn't want you to watch, they just made sure you didn't watch. Yeah, it was like they just shut it off when you were around, or they just stopped you from watching it. It's like, no, the internet is in our pockets now. Yeah. It's like the worst of our culture is capable and sitting inside your pocket and listening to you at the same time. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, I want to say that it's a net benefit, but at the same time, like every now and then, like a news story will come out and it makes me think, it's like, oh, is it? <laughs> I think it's, it's objective and subjective. Yeah. Depending depending on where in the internet you're at. Exactly, one hundred percent. Um. Well, I want to. We've we've been going at it for two hours now. Yeah, I, so, I assume. Uh, we've hit we've hit kind of like the sweet spot, and I can feel that the conversation's probably like we're we're kind of reaching that point where we're yeah. both tired and be like, "Fuck, we need to close this out." <laughs> um. 
I think it's very important that more people like you who are who have been in the sex, in, sex industry for a long time and are honest about the negatives and benefits are out there. Um, I would like to see you advocate for like education on some on stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe even maybe even spearhead it yourself. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, if that's the direction you choose to take, otherwise, like I hope that it works out well for you because, like, I, I mean, you're taking a bit of a leap after being in it for so long. Right. Um, and I I would really like to be able to educate more people. Mm -hmm. um, about the downsides, I, there's a lot of like people glamorizing it and educating for the good parts of everything. And it is it is not all negative, but I definitely think you can be blindsided when you consider how much money you're making. When nobody's talking about the negative, the negatives and the negatives show up, it can be pretty blindsiding. Yeah, like, that is that could well. be pretty aggressive. Uh, <sighs> so. Normally, I would close these out with uh, where can people find you? Like, what would, like, if there's somewhere where you want to direct traffic, we were talking about that beforehand, but is there a hand, is there a, an Instagram handle or something like that or somewhere yeah. you, where you would want to send people to where uh -huh. if they, like, if you had somebody who was thinking about being in the sex industry or wanting support exiting it, like, where would they, like, so, is there somewhere they would reach out to you? Yeah, my Instagram is Alice Grimm with two M's underscore. Okay. So, Underscore after the two M's or yeah. in between the two? Underscore after okay. the two I was M's. Say, I can't remember. <laughs> it's like, I've tagged you before, but. Yeah, no. Um, I, I really appreciate you coming in. Uh, yeah. I'm glad we were able to make it happen. It was a long time. For sure. We were trying to work it all out, but. I um, enjoyed talking to you. I had a good time. Awesome. Uh, next time we'll talk about lighter shit, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love to like actually talk about other stuff. Yeah, we just got to come in and shoot the shit a little bit. For sure. All right. Well, okay. thanks for coming in. Thanks for watching, everybody.